Thank you for listening to this message from Lifehouse Church. Wow, I love hearing all the chatter out there. You guys are really uh, connecting. Happy Mother's Day to all of you moms out there. We're so excited and honored that we get to celebrate with you and that you joined us to celebrate today. So I'm a mom of three and a Mimi of four, soon to be five. So um, I love this day. I like to be honored. Who doesn't like gifts and presents and all that good stuff, right? So moms, we have... um, a gift for you. We actually have two gifts for you today, and we have some lovely helpers that are going to come around and hand those gifts to you. We have a a facial face mask for you. So at some point today, if you get like 30 minutes to just like relax, guys, this is a hint for you. Take the kids, do whatever it takes for mom to have. And while you have that face mask on, we have got some amazing Mummert's chocolate-covered pretzels for you to like partake of. And if you've not had Mummert's chocolate. This is a shameless plug for them. We don't know them. We're not invested in them, but they have some amazing chocolate here in town. They're just a little local chocolate shop. And so we have that gift for you today. And while the girls are passing this out, I just want you guys to turn your attentions to the screen. If you're a mom, wave your hand at them. How sweet it is to be loved by you. Needed the shelter of someone's arms. And there you were I needed someone to understand my ups and downs And there you were Oh, it's sweet love and devotion Deeply touching my emotion I wanna stop, stop And thank you, mama I wanna stop, stop And thank you, mama how sweet it is to be loved by you Feel so fine How sweet it is to be loved by you I close my eyes at night Wondering where would I be without you in my life Everything I do reminds me of you Everywhere I go, I wish you were there too You brighten up for me all of my days days. So sweet, so many ways Stop, stop, and thank you, Mama I just wanna stop, Stop. and thank you, Mama Oh, yeah How sweet it is to be because you know that that tune is going to be bopping around in your head all day long. (laughs) How sweet it is to be loved by you. Moms, we love you. They're going to continue handing out your gifts. So just because the song's over doesn't mean you don't get one. They're still going to be handing out those gifts. But we want to say we love you. We appreciate you. We honor you. And there's nothing sweeter than a mama's love. So we just celebrate you today. Today's message actually is entitled, Loved. 
Okay, so also shameless plug, if you see my shirt, it says loved on it. So my, Jenna, my daughter Jenna has a cricket. She made me a shirt with the title of my message on it. So that's pretty cool. Now, if she starts making a shirt for every one of her dad's messages and he wears it every Sunday, then I think we've got a problem. But <laughs> we're okay with just being loved. You know, we all want to be loved. But that's the title of this message. And I couldn't help but think of the words to this song that we just played. Now, I know we played that as a tribute to moms, but how sweet it is to be loved by you, how sweet it is to be loved by you. I needed the shelter of someone's arms, and there you were. I needed someone to understand my ups and downs, and there you were. With sweet love and devotion, deeply touching my emotion, wondering where I would be without you in my life. I just want to stop and thank you. They said mama, but when I was thinking of those words, I thought that could almost be Jesus, you know? When our, we needed the shelter of someone's arms and we needed our emotions, ups and downs and the ups and downs of life. And I just think that could be Jesus. So I was thinking moments earlier, I said that there's nothing sweeter than being loved by your mama, but actually I think there's something way better. I think there's something way sweeter than being loved by your mama and that's being loved by God by your creator, by the one who knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. God's love for us is so incredible that it's almost indescribable. And before we dig into the word, I just want to pray over it um, and ask just for God's will to be done. So if you'd bow your heads with me, Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for each one that's here this morning. God, it's always our prayer when we come in through the doors of Lighthouse and for all the people that come in, that they don't leave here the same way they came, but they will be changed because they've been in your presence and because they've heard your word. And Father, I pray over your word this morning. God, I pray that you edit my words and only have me share what you would have them to hear today. God, we give you praise. We give you thanks in all things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. So I want to talk about God's love today. I want to give you some attributes of God's love. It's really, it's, it's almost indescribable. Like we can't put a finger on God's love. We can't understand it. But I want to give you some attributes of it. God's love is gentle. If you read in Matthew 11, 28 and 29, it says, then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. That's Jesus speaking to us. He is gentle. And when I thought about that, I couldn't help but thinking about the, the woman at the well. And if you're not familiar with the story of the woman at the well, the woman at the well didn't live exactly an exemplary Jesus-following life. She came to the well in the heat of the day, hoping nobody else would be there because she didn't want her critics to come. She didn't want those accusers to come against her. But Jesus gently met her at the well. He gently met her at the well, and he shared the living water with her where she would never thirst again. Did he speak truth to her? Absolutely. He told her kind of exactly where she was in a gentle way, but he met her at the well and was gentle with her. Another attribute of God's love is that he is faithful and he is merciful. 
In Lamentations 3, 22 and 23, he says, it says, the faithful love of God never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh every morning. When I think about that, I think about his love that never ends and his mercies never ends. I kind of think a little bit about Jarius' daughter in the Bible, Jarius and his daughter. And if you're not familiar with that story, that's a story of a man whose, father, who, whose daughter was very ill. She was very sick. And he'd heard about this man, Jesus, that was healing people. And so he left his very sick daughter and he left and he went to find Jesus. But while he was gone, his daughter passed. But Jesus was faithful and merciful and came with Jairus and healed his daughter and brought her back. His faithfulness never ends. His mercies are new. God's love is compassionate. Psalms 86 and 15 says, But you, O Lord, are a God of great compassion and mercy, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. God's love is compassionate. And I was looking in God's word and I was thinking about an example of that. And I couldn't help but think of Hosea and Gomer in the Bible. I couldn't help but think the prophet Hosea who was told by God to marry Gomer. And if you're not familiar with that story, let's bring it to modern day times. It would be like God, Kip, Pastor Kip is single. He's not. He's married ladies. He's been married for almost 33 years. But, <laughs> but if Pastor Kip was single and he was the pastor of this church, it would be like God telling him to marry a local prostitute that's hanging out there by the turnpike entrance at, on Carlisle Pike. I'm not so sure Lifehouse would be very accepting of that if we brought that to com down to come time. But God's love is so compassionate. So much love for Gomer and where she was that, that he told Hosea to redeem her, to bring her, to, to show her her love and to show her her worth. And we know that that's got a, a story with Israel, and I'm not going to go into all that detail this morning, but God's love is compassionate. God's love is unfathomable. In Ephesians 3, 18 and 19, it says, and you may have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ that is too great to understand fully. You know, I think about that, and it's really hard for us to understand that, but I think of someone in the Bible called Saul, who was a man who hated Christians, who persecuted Christians, who killed Christians. But God's love was so unfathomable, so love, the love that's so deep, so wide, so far, that he took Saul where he was, and he met him, and he became Paul. And we all know the stories of Paul in the Bible. If you don't read about him, he was a, a great follower of Christ in, in God's word. I think that if he can take someone like Saul who killed Christians and bring him to Paul, who became someone who was a follower of Christ and shared that with so many. I just think God's love is unfathomable. Then I look at how God's love is forgiving and full of grace. In Nehemiah 17, it says, Even when God's people refused to obey his word, even after he performed miracles on their behalf, God was a God of forgiveness graciousness, 
and merciful, slow to become angry, and rich in his unfailing love. And I look at that, and I can't help to think about David. If you think about David, the little shepherd boy who went and fought Goliath with five stones, took out that giant. That's great. That's amazing, right? Then David becomes King David. And then David messes up. Then David has an affair with a married woman and gets the woman pregnant. And then tries to hide it by having the woman's husband killed at war. I mean, you think about that. He went from there, from being the guy who slayed the giant to king, to now he's in this, this mess. I think Pastor Kip last week talked a little bit about lie after lie after lie after lie to cover up. And that's kind of what the, the trouble that David got himself in. But I think about how God loved him and how God was gracious to him and how God was forgiving and full of grace in David's life. And I think of all these examples of how God is with us. And then I think about how God's love is always with us, even in our pain and even in our suffering. You see, Isaiah 43, 2 and 3 says, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you, for I am your Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. God's love is always with us, even in our pain and suffering. I can't help but think about Joseph in the Bible. Now think about this. Jo Joseph's brothers hated him. I'm not talking about your typical sibling rivalry where you're pushing over your brother or he makes you mad and you punch him. His brothers hated him. His brothers put him in a pit, sold him into slavery. He was in prison. But then Joseph made it to the palace. And the entire time in Joseph's pain and his suffering, God was with him. God's love is always with us. Then I think about how God's love is eternal. Isaiah 54.10 says, For the mountains may move and the hills disappear, but even then my faithful love for you will remain. My covenant of blessing will never be broken, says the Lord, who has mercy on you. God's love is eternal. And you know what? I can't help but think about us when I think about God's eternal love. I can't understand it. I can't understand that no matter how many times I mess up, how many mistakes I make, how much sin I get myself involved in, God's love for me never wavers. God never moves farther away from me. It's me moving farther away from him. God's love is eternal. From the moment I am formed in my mother's womb until I take my last breath, God's love is unconditional for me, eternal. He loves me. Then I think about how God's love is protective. I read in Psalms 5, 11, and 12, but let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them sing your joyful praises. Spread protection over them, that all who love your name may be filled with joy. For you bless the godly, O Lord. You surround them with your shield of love. God's love is protective. Can't help but think about Daniel in the lion's den. If you're not familiar with that story, Daniel got thrown in exactly what I said, a lion's den. 
and God shut the mouths of the lions and was protective. I think about Daniel, but I think about my own life, and I think about all the times that God's protection was on me, the things that he kept me from, the things that he brought me through. God's love is protective. And last but not least, and there's many other attributes, these are just the ones I'm talking about today, God's love is sacrificial. 1 John 4, 9 and 10 says that God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. What an example of love then for him to send his one, his only son to the cross so that we could have forgiveness, so that our sins could be forgiven and that we could live this life with Christ. I think about that today on Mother's Day. I have a son. I have one and only son. I have two daughters, one son. Not that I would give any of them for their lives, but I have one son. I would not lay his life down. I love you all, but I would not lay his life down for any of you. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just being honest. <laughs> and I'm not so sure that there's anybody else out there that would lay their child down for any of us. But God loved us so much. That's the impact. That's the that's the the gravity of what God did for us. He sent his one, his only son for us. And that is all really good stuff. God's love is amazing. But I'm not going to stop there because how many know there's always a but, okay? But how many know that we're going to have trouble in this life and that God never said that when you become a follower of Christ that it's all going to be peaches and cream, that it's going to be roses and sunshine, rainbows and unicorns. That's not, I don't find that in God's word anywhere. God's love does not mean that we're not going to have trouble in this life. In fact, he tells us that. He tells us truth. In John 16, he says, I have told you these things so that in you, in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Now, notice in there, it doesn't say, in this world, you might have trouble. It doesn't say, in this world, there's a chance you could have trouble. It doesn't say, in this world, eh, it's iffy, 50-50, you might have trouble. That is not what it says. It says, he's straight up, he's straightforward, he tells you the truth. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart because I have overcome the world. God did not hide the fact that we have troubles, problems, trials, bad days, bad weeks, bad months, bad years. He just promised to love us and walk with us and that we'd never be alone through that. See, I like what one writer said. He said, life isn't a walk in the park. It's more like a trek through the mountains. On top of the world one minute, in the valley the next. But the same God who gives you that mountaintop view doesn't let you walk alone in the valley. It's the same God. See, but there's something that happens to us in our humanness when the trials and the troubles come. We get super focused on the problem, on the trial, on whatever it is that we're going through. We get so focused on that 
that we forget about all those things that I just talked about, all those attributes of God, his love, we forget because we get so focused on the problems. You see, this glass of water represents our life free of trouble. It's pure, it's clear, it looks really good. This is dirt. This represents the troubles in our life. Okay? Little science experiment here. You know, they can always fail, so we're going to go to that in a minute. But this dirt represents the difficulties that we have in life. Those difficulties could be parenting your kids. How many moms out there think parenting kids is hard? If you didn't raise your hand, you just lied. It's hard. <laughs> I had three, I know. <laughs> parenting kids are hard, and it doesn't ever end. I don't care how old they are. Parenting kids are hard even when they're adults because you stop parenting, sort of, because they're adults. You know, you got to kind of find a walk that line. But that could represent the dirt, okay? Or it could be maybe your marriage isn't in the place that you thought it would be. You got married, you've been married five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, and, and your marriage is just, it's just in a rough place. And that could represent the dirt. Or maybe it's that diagnosis that you got, and you're so focused on that diagnosis. Or maybe it's that your son or your daughter came home with the news that you just didn't want to hear. That could be the dirt. It could be that that your finances are a mess and you're in over your head and you're so focused on that mess you just don't know what to do. It could be that, that it's a relationship with your mom or your dad that's broken and you're so focused on that. It could be your job. Maybe your job is swallowing you up. Maybe your job is just so stressful, so much, it's just swallowing you up and that's where all your focus is. Or maybe you lost your job and now you don't know what you're gonna do and you're, you've got that, that mess, that dirt. Maybe, maybe you've lost a child or maybe you've lost a parent or maybe you've lost a spouse and maybe that's the dirt. And see what happens when that dirt, when those troubles come into our life gets all mixed up in there and we get so focused of trying to make our water clear and we're trying to we're trying to get this dirt out and we spend oodles and oodles of time that's an awful sound actually hearing that across that glass <laughs> we try to get that dirt out we're so focused on that and no matter how hard I try, how focused I get on this, I'm never going to be able to make that water less dirty with this spoon and trying to get the trouble. If I try to do this on my own and I keep trying to fix the problem, to fix the trial, I'm going to be doing this forever. I'm going to be so distracted. I'm going to this forever. But you know what? You know how we deal with this trouble, with this problem. See, this pitcher of water, this represents God's love that he has for us and the goodness that's in our life. And you know how you get rid of this or you make your life more clear? 
is you just start focusing on the love of God. And the more of the love of God and the more of him you pour in, the water gets clear. Now, it's never going to be as pure and clear as the day you were born before there was any trouble. But as you focus on the love of God, and I can keep going. There's still going to be a little bit in there, but I can keep going. Do you see how clear your water is? Do you see if you focus on the love of God and the goodness of God and not on the problems that that is how you deal with things in your life? That is it. It's difficult when we have those things come in. You get consumed by trying to get that dirt out. We become fixated on it. We get so focused on the problem. We spend all our time trying to fix it. And listen, I had to preach this to me before I'm ever sharing it with you. I feel like this was a message that God laid on my heart months ago because he did this in my own life. There's been times that I have got so focused on the dirt, on the problem, that I forget that the one who can bring peace, who can bring all that, the goodness back in our life, who can bring healing, whose grace and mercies are new every day, I forget because I'm so focused on the problem. You see, there's this funny thing that was invented a couple I don't know how long ago it was. Somebody out there with technology can tell me. It's this watch that I have on this Apple Watch. And, you know, this Apple Watch does funny things for me. It's really great. You know, it will remind me of appointments that I have. It's right on there. I'll get, I'll get warnings on that. But I've also, I guess you do this when you set it up. I don't really remember because it's been so long since I've had one. But you tell it how many movements you want to have for the day to, to be healthy. Okay, and it knows how many times you should stand a day for some strange reason in order to be healthy, okay? So I'm at work, and my watch will tell me, Dixie, you need to stand. I never knew I needed a watch to tell me to stand, but it'll say it's time to stand. But it reminds me that it would be healthy for me to stand up right now, okay? So I tend to stand up, and I go to the copier, or go put something in the filing cabinet, or I know I work with with Bishop Bill, when his watch tells him that, he gets up and goes out and walks around the building. <laughs> so our watch is, this, this amazing invention is telling us that. Even at night, like at 1045, my watch will tell me, Dixie, if you would go take a 15-minute brisk walk, you will meet your movements for the day. <laughs> Those are the times I kind of just like want to smash the watch because I don't really want to go for a brisk walk at 1045, you know? Um, but wouldn't it be amazing if we had a Jesus watch, you know, a Jesus watch that would just say, hey, Dixie, you're really being focused on that, that problem right now. But if you just remember, if you just remember Lamentations 3, 22 and 23, that the faithful love of the Lord never ends, that his mercies never cease, that great at his faithfulness, great are his mercies that begin fresh and new every morning. And then I get that, 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 that nudge from him. And then, and then he says in Ephesians 3, 18 and 19, and may you have the power to understand as all of God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is for you. May you experience the love of Christ. If I just had that Jesus watch that would t remind me of that, just like this Apple watch does when I need to stand up, or even in Psalms 5, 11, 12, if that Jesus watch would say, but let all who take refuge in your rejoice let them sing joyful praises forever spread protection over them that all who love your name are filled with joy for god blesses the godly 
Oh, the love that he has for us. If we would just have that Jesus watch, guess what? You do. It's called the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is your Jesus watch. It's that nudge to tell you, hey, Dixie, you need to get in the word. You need to be reading those scriptures. You need to be spending time with God, and you need to be focusing on his love for you, not on the dirt, not on the problems. We're all going to have the problems. He was honest with us. In this world, you will have trouble. And you know what? I had I have call these cheater sticky notes up here that I had the scriptures on. You know what I do with these scriptures? Because I don't always have them committed to memory. If, there's, if I'm going through something and I need to be reminded of something, I just stick this on my mirror. So when I get up in the morning, I've got that Jesus watch reminding me that his mercies are new every morning. This is my, my cheater notes that if I don't have the time or I don't make the time. Let me put it that way. We all have the time. But if I don't make the time to get in God's word in the morning before I go, I at least read the little sticky note, the little, the little Jesus watch that I put on the mirror to remind me that God's love is gentle. To remind me that God's love is faithful and merciful. To remind me that God's love is compassionate. To remind me that God's love is unfathomable. To remind me that his love is forgiving and full of grace. To remind me that his love is always with us, even in our pain and in our suffering. To remind me that his love is eternal. To remind me that his love is protective and sacrificial. To remind me. I'm going to ask if you'd stand this morning, if Zach would, and the worship team would come. You see, if we focus on his love, it brings the clarity, the peace, the mercy, the grace, the healing, the compassion into our life. Our water gets clear, even though we're still going to have dirt in our life. You see, his life is eternal, so no matter how muddy our water gets with troubles, his love is enough. His love is always with us. We need to focus on him and his goodness, and not the circumstances around us. So this morning, I don't really know if you're on the mountaintop and your glass is pretty clear right now. And if it is, get ready, because it's not going to stay there, because his word says we're going to have trouble. Or if right now today you're in the valley and you're going through something and you feel like Jesus is so far away, and how could he love me right now? Because if he did, I wouldn't be going through this. I wouldn't be walking down this path. I wouldn't be having this trouble. I wouldn't have lost my job. I wouldn't have missed that promotion. My kid wouldn't have come home and gave me that news. That's not true. That's the enemy telling you that. Because God loves you more than you will ever imagine. And it doesn't matter where you are because God's love is unconditional. His blessings are conditional, but his love for you is unconditional. So this morning, I wanted to remind you of God's love. I wanted to remind you. I wanted you to give, get you a picture of what you need to focus on when those troubles come, because they're going to come. I want you to quit focusing on the dirt and on the problems and retrain your mind to focus on the goodness of God's love, on the goodness of God. So we're going to bow our heads this morning. 
And right where you are, we're going to pray. And then the worship team is going to to sing a song and then we're going to, we'll get ready to close. But I don't know where you are, but maybe you're even here this morning and you've never experienced this love of God. You're not a follower of Jesus. You don't, you don't really understand anything I was talking about today except for we got this God that loves you. You can know him because even though you don't know him, he knows you and he wants to be in relationship with you. So Father, this morning I pray right where everyone is at, right in their seats, God, I pray that if they are in that valley this morning, that something that you said through me, one of the scriptures from your word this morning, God penetrated their hearts and they were reminded of that that need to have you in their life, that need to have your love cover whatever it is they're in, whether they need protection, whether they need mercy and grace, whatever it is that they need. Maybe they just need your gentle arms to come around them and say, hey, it's going to be okay because I'm with you. God, wherever they are this morning, God, I pray that they just take a moment and they ask you for what they need this morning, where they're at, right where they're at, Jesus. God, that you will come in and you will show them a love like no other, a love that is eternal, a love that is gentle and faithful and merciful. So God, I pray that they lay that problem right at your feet and they focus on you and your love. God, I pray that you just touch them and meet them right where they're at this morning. Thank you for tuning in to this message from Lifehouse Church. We pray that you were impacted powerfully by this message. If you have been personally affected by our ministry and you would like to partner with us as we love God, love people every day, visit our website at www.lifehousecog.com.